Hey guys, welcome back to the Crit Hit Wild weekly podcast. I'm your host, Jared. Uh, Join with me is uh, the full crew today. We have Brandon, Brad, and Fred. How are you guys doing? We're doing good, Jared. How are you? I'm doing good. Doing good, doing good. Uh, I missed last week, so I have a lot of MCP stuff to talk about and catch up on. Yeah. Uh, Hey, uh, quick question. What's your uh, your knee jerk take on Heimdall? Uh, I think he's probably high B plus. I think that he has a lot of yeah, it's probably B plus. I I think he's got a lot of good tools. He's got a lot of <coughs> excuse me, got a lot of really interesting things uh, that he does for the game. He has a very unique kit that I feel like he can go into a lot of affiliations, but I kind of have a little similar feelings that I think Brad talked about where unless you really get him up there, you're not going to have all the power to do all the things. So realistically, you're probably just doing, you know, one of those abilities a turn and uh, maybe that's what kind of keeps him out of the A tier, but we'll see. Okay. Okay. I do know that an Avenger or shit, a viewer recommended in the comments that he would be really good in Avengers, and I think that's actually... I think in Avengers, he probably, like, how well he does, probably creeps up a little bit more. So. Okay. Because you're looking... Wait, we have... We have viewers? Apparently. We have people that... What what are you guys doing? Why are you listening to this? We're Uh, we're four idiots. Apparently, yeah. Apparently. Okay. Four (laughs) interesting idiots. But uh, yeah, so kind of going into news and announcements uh, this week, Uh, we do have a new confirmed date for, uh, just let me just bring it up here, a new confirmed date for Mini Stravaganza, it is now July 14th through the 16th. I don't think that they have listed anything new as far as what they'll be covering instead of like the original plans, I think that they just so far have posted a new date. So July 14th through 16th, hopefully they replace some of the gameplay footage and some of the reveals with uh, some newer stuff. So now that they've given us the stuff that we were excited about to talk about, hopefully now we can get excited about new stuff that they're going to be uh, listening. But uh, in other news, which this is pretty exciting, uh, they have just posted about... Uh, what they say is Russia's answer to Avengers, which is Winter Guard. So if anybody would know about a little bit of their history, it'd be Brad. So you want to give us a brief, if you don't care to, a brief uh, kind of overview of what Winter Guard are, in case viewers might no. not know? Because I actually don't know. Nope. <laughs> Fair enough. Bear. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'll talk about it. Uh, so the Winter Guard are basically Russia's Avengers. Um we're getting four of them, right? We're getting yes. Um, the important one, Ursa Major, who is a mutant werebear. That's the uh, most appealing model. Well, him and Crimson Dynamo, I think those are the two. That Crimson Dynamo, who is um, basically an Iron Man knockoff. Except, yeah. I, I feel like I, man. I, I feel like he is um, his. Suit poisons him, maybe, but I might be getting that mixed up with Cobalt Man, who that absolutely. Wait, 
there's actually a cobalt man. Yeah, Are there's you a cobalt me? man. No. I, I said nickel man as a joke. <laughs> no, there's a cobalt man. Um, his suit does poison him, but I feel like that's yeah, also a thing with Crimson Dynamo, but it's like the nuclear powers doing it. Um, uh, okay. <laughs> he's got so a he full really reactor in there. Like a take on... These are just like replacements for the Avengers. We, yeah, you, we, have, you have Russia, Captain Moscow. Russia fied. <laughs> right. Uh, there's Dark Star. Um, she's also a mutant, and she has power over the Dark Force, which Cloak is also connected to, and a couple other people in the Marvel universe. And then we have um, Red Guardian, right? Red. Red Guardian, yeah. I wanted to say Major Victory, and that was... I do not write. Yeah, Red Guardian. I'm not sure which Red Guardian this is. The current Red Guardian is Darkstar's brother. Um, he used to be called Vanguard, but there have been so many Red Guardians, it's hard to tell. If you watch the... Um, what was that? The Black Widow movie, uh, Ursa Major... And Red Guardian were both in that movie. Red Guardian, obviously, he was played by Hopper from Stranger Things. Yeah. And Ursa Major was, uh, they used his real name, was the prisoner that um, he arm wrestles in the prison. And breaks his arm? Yeah. Oh, wow. So that was, they used his real name. They didn't call him Earth the Major. They oh. didn't call him Major. The, so is he permanently like that? Or is no, he, he, he can, can turn switch into back and forth. Okay. Yeah. Well, he I, usually stays a bear and he drinks a lot. But okay. Well, I don't I don't know. I mean, I've watched the Black Widow movie, so I'm familiar with Red Guardian just pretty much via the MCU, but uh I mean the models look sweet. Uh Ursa Major looks really, really cool, and then I, oh. I like Crimson Dynamo's, uh, like his, his suit just looks really, really cool. So, I saw on Facebook that um, Crimson Dynamo will have the leadership ability. Is that classic to the comics? The C. I mean, leader? they've all like uh, Red Guardian, Crimson Dynamo, and Dark Star have all led the team at different times. So it could have been any of those three. I, I I like all of these models. If I'm going to be honest, like I. I if if it means that I get to put a big bear on the table, I may want to pick up this faction. I mean, they're killing it with the animals. Like all of their animal yeah. models look sweet. Maybe it's just like how well they're doing the paint jobs, but like this bear looks really cool. Uh, Malekith's tiger looks really really good. So uh, Ursa Major is also a mutant, so I'll probably throw him in an X Men list or something. It, I mean, it, it looks good. They uh, both Ursa Major and Red Guardian are medium-sized bases, and then uh, Darkstar and um, Red Guardian are on small bases. But I do have a gripe. Yeah, I wish they'd put Ursa Major and Darkstar in a box together, so I could get two mutants for one box. Do you think that'll happen? No, they already. Oh, they are. We already know who comes. Oh, okay. I had checked the kids. It's Dark Star and Crimson (coughs) Dynamo, and then Ursa Major and uh, Red Guardian. Well, maybe you'll really like the affiliation. Make you want to play him. Maybe. 
This is we know someone who's definitely playing them. Would that be Michael? Oh no, uh, I'm at Jason, but maybe oh, Michael too. Okay. Yeah, uh, there's the the models look sweet. Uh, I guess it depends on how they play because I don't know enough about them to get super hype just uh, like flavor wise. But I mean, they look cool, so I guess. Ursa Major has bear powers. I mean. I specifically, in the brief stint that you you had me play Guild Ball, I bought a Hunter's Team. And the reason I bought that Hunter's Team was because I like that bear. So, Athena. Yep. Which I is mean, a wrestling it's joke. A it's a good bear. It was the best of bears. Did you ever see the baby, Cena? I don't think so. They made a line of rookie models, and they made a rookie Cena, and it was a, a little cub. I'm sure that would have been adorable. This is uh, not related, but this because this is a team from another country, it made me think of the other thing. What is the one in X-Men that's from Canada? What's that team called? Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight. Okay, there it I is. I love Alpha Flight. I saw this today, and then I, like, because it's from Russia, I was like, there's a Canadian team. I was like, what are they called? And I could not remember Save My Life. Um, I have Alpha Flight models ready to go. Oh, just in case they ever link the cards. Yeah, um, Doug Hamilton, who, uh, was a sculptor, is a sculptor for Privateer Press, um, he, that's like his favorite team or something, and he made, uh, models for the Alpha Flight team. Nice. What's the what's his name? Puck? Is that the is that the is that the little Yeah, guy? yeah, he bounces around like a hockey puck. Yep. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> they have another is there a character named named Sugar or something and they they just spew maple syrup out of their nose? No, no maple syrup, uh heroes. They do have a big furry guy named Sasquatch though. I was getting ready to ask. I thought they had a they had a shift. He was roommate he was roommates with Bruce Banner in college. Okay. Is that... <laughs> okay. Here's the. So he's smart. Here's he the is. He is. He got turned into Sasquatch by messing around with gamma rays. Only it turned out that that's not really why he's Sasquatch. He's actually possessed by an ancient Canadian spirit. But. Um, the comics got weird. Did uh, Wolverine, did he ever join Alpha Flight? <clears throat> Brad. You... Did we lose Brad? No. Maybe. Oh, oh, there he is. Okay, he's back. No, he did not. I don't care what that minus one issue said. Okay. I was just curious, because if he ever had been a part of Alpha Flight, it'd be neat if there's some way I, to I... make him really compelling I to take. I think you just touched a nerve there, Jared. <laughs> he, oh, gosh, there's an He's issue. Angry. There's an issue where um, Wolverine and a couple people who would join Alpha Flight went on a mission before Alpha Flight was really a thing, and uh, some people claim that that means that he was in Alpha Flight, but it doesn't. I just remember watching the cartoons, and they tried to get him to come join them. Yeah, he was supposed to be their leader, <laughs> but then he ran off with Charles Xavier instead. Yeah, so I was just curious, because anything to help uh, one of the most popular mutants? 
get a little uh, bit of well, they did play. redesign him, so that would help him a lot. Yeah. Uh, well, I think that's what we have uh, this week for more recent news and announcements. So we can bounce over to uh, any Cerebro news if there is any. Uh, there is not currently any Cerebro news. I've been taking a break from all my responsibilities. So fair enough. Sometimes you gotta do that. Well, uh, we can kind of move on to hobby talk. Uh, what have you guys done this week as as far as like hobby goes? Have you put anything together? Bought anything new? Uh, I have not. I'm I've been out of town for work, so I have been away from doing anything hobby related. Unfortunately, I've got uh, a little bit of priming done. I'm trying to get another one of my rosters fully painted, and then. Put the last touches on Brandon's uh, lizard's base, so next time I see him, he should be ready to have a freshly new painted lizard. So that's awesome. What uh, what uh, over here. what roster are you painting? It's my shield roster. I've been playing him a lot, so I figure I might as well try to get him painted. And like, I think a chunk of the roster is already painted, so it's less work than if I started a roster from scratch that I don't normally play, so. I put together a Quinjet. Started painting a Quinjet. Ooh. I put together the two new Black Order members. Are you so excited to play Thanos, Thanos-less Black Order? I did on Wednesday. Ooh, we can what? talk. We can talk about that here in a little bit then. Yeah. Uh, what are you using? The are you doing a traditional paint job on the Quinjet? Uh, yeah. Right now, all I've really done is partially primed it. So. I imagine you're gonna like spray it, right? Or use an airbrush? Yeah. 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 Airbrush and oil washes. Yep. I've, it'll probably look pretty good on the tabletop. And I on the last podcast did I hear that uh, that is cannot be thrown? Is that correct? That is correct. It is uninteractable terrain. Why would they do that? I don't know. I don't... Yeah, I I, I think because it's so huge, and it's going to be easier to be in range of it. Like I I don't. They should have made it a five. I agree. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, clearly, like anybody at home can just say that it's throwable. It just, I don't know. It, it seems like a weird shift to have a piece of terrain we, that cannot be moved. We used it on one of the tables in the tournament, and it was in the way. Yeah, I believe it. <laughs> I, I remember uh, playing in Morgantown at a tournament up there one time. I was on a table with that Milano model. Mm-hmm. Really good. Mm-hmm. Like, the Milano looked really, really good, but just for placing your crisis as well as like if you have somebody below just like measuring off of it if the crisis happened to be like on top which is i don't know it led to a lot of awkward situations and then you have like the rule where you're not allowed to like go underneath the wings and stuff which yeah i think for maybe a newer player getting into it can be slightly confusing i mean it's overall it's not a confusing rule but the the problem wasn't with models in our <laughs> game it was that some dick put it in the deployment zone yeah. <laughs> well, you know what? You can make do. 
I mean, you let Fred put stuff places. That's kind of on you. Yeah. Yeah. I I I had not got to that table yet, so Fred set it up. But I did set up one piece of terrain before I had walked away, and it was the Quinjet. And then Fred immediately moved it. Well, you gotta choose your uh, own side there. You gotta make sure when you uh, are rolling, you get to choose the your table corner. Yeah, and and in my defense, it was very, it was a little bit too central. I mean, so, but it like it didn't like. Was it so bad that like it detracted from the game, like using it, or I like just, overall was it? I just literally hit it every time I'd go to get dice. Yeah, like punch it with my fist. I don't know. I feel like. I don't know. I think things with like it, it's a cool looking piece, but like things with wings, like like I think I much prefer like the nature of like just the apartment building. If you're if you're really well, you size could that. you could call the like base the terrain and then ignore the wings. Yeah, that's fair. Because the base covers pretty much the whole central body. Well, uh, we can move on to talking about uh, games played this week. So for those of you who went to the shop, why don't you guys kind of recap some of the games that you played? I'll go because Brad, you're up. Brandon didn't play any MCP games. I played one MP- MCP game. Um, I played uh, Corvus with Reality. Proxima, Ebony Maw, and Black Swan with power against, well, it was against Aaron, so he was using my model, so he had to pick stuff I actually had in my bag, but it was She-Hulk, Gamora, Nebula, Black Cat, Valkyrie. <laughs> 18 points. We played Intrusions and Hammers. And um, I wiped him off the board while staying ahead on points. Wow. I felt like I didn't, well, I didn't feel bad because I mean it was like a little scramble but during that scramble when he rolled that superior weight training attack into domino and it couldn't only explode got, his crit and only got like three or four hits like i just i don't know i felt that to my core i i i just have terrible luck on she hulk and i've seen she hulk just like have terrible luck on the table feels bad well i had corvus and proxima there to kill her and nebula yeah that'll do it how how did you like the new affiliation bonus? It was fine. How did Black Swan fi- do? Uh, Black Swan was a rock star until she got attacked. Yeah, that seems about right. Uh, the problem with the situation I was in was not ideal for her because um, Gamora was the one attacking her. So when he rolled wilds, he would get to turn dice into hits, and then I would blank out his wilds. 
So uh, okay. I didn't really accomplish anything. Um, any other character, I would have been in a much better situation. Right. It was a bad square off. Yeah. You know, uh, my first thought in that matchup with Black Swan is you want to put her against She-Hulk and throw She-Hulk at his other people. Um. Yeah, like, but dude, everything that's, dies. Not that's not how it is. That's not how it turns out. Yeah, it was uh, Black Cat and Gamora versus <coughs> Black Swan. The middle was She-Hulk and Nebula versus Corvus and Proxima. They handled that okay. just fine. And then my left was Ebony Maw versus Valkyrie, and he just dominated that fight, too. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. I ended up losing Black Swan towards like right at the end of the game. Right before I killed his last two models. Sounds like a brutal fight. Yeah. I mean, when you can keep your opponent from playing field dressing and bed pack, like, just no opportunity to play them, I feel like that's a pretty good game. Fair. Well, uh, you didn't get to play any this week, correct, Fred? That's correct. I was out of town. Well, Brandon and I played two other games. Oh yeah, yeah. I I I finally got my the rest of my stuff for X Men United. Oh, okay, in yeah. the mail, and we played two games of that. Oh um, boy, was it a lot of with stuff with Aaron? How's that? Yeah, it's so much stuff. It's a fun game. I like that game. How long does a uh, usual game take? Twenty minutes. Yeah, that's pretty good. That is, yeah, wow, that's pretty good. You really yeah, it, it it plays very quickly. It's a lot of fun. Deadpool's uh, busted. Deadpool might be busted. <laughs> Archangel not far behind him. No, Archangel's fine. Those adjacent attacks, though. Let's be yeah. honest. Well, I've played a, I've played. Um, Several of those characters now, and Deadpool's the only one so far that seemed unfair. Yeah, Deadpool, like, Archangel would feel busted if Deadpool didn't exist. <laughs> well, uh, I also uh, was able to get a game of MCP in this week. Uh, I signed up for a uh, TTS uh, tournament slash league. Uh, that's being run by Johnny Pastrami. If you're familiar with him, he's pretty prevalent in the MCP scene, and he was pretty prevalent in uh, Guild Ball, I believe. No, I never heard of him. Yeah. Uh, so if you're listening, you, you, you <laughs> might have heard of Johnny Pastrami, but uh, he's he's a he's a really fun guy. He's fun to play, fun to talk to. Um, but he's running the the Lunch Meat Classic on. Uh, <laughs> TTS and like I saw the name and I almost like I initially wanted to sign up just because the name it's like Lunch Meat Classic Two it's Morbin Time and then he's got a shit post about oh Morbius God. like in the thing so I was like <laughs> I almost want to sign up just from how this is being presented, um but uh it's uh, fourteen players uh it's game a week kind of like the regular TTS season uh I got paired up with a nice fellow named Alexander and uh. The lists are locked, so I'm playing Shield, and I looked uh, at his list after we got paired up, and I'll be damned if I didn't get a mirror match on the very first game. 
uh, 14 players, all these affiliations. Somehow I got a shield mirror. Uh, but we had pretty similar rosters. I think there might have been three or four characters that were different. And then I think between our crises, we only had, I think, two crises were different. One extract and one secure were different. Um, but we got in our game. Uh, we rolled up uh, Mutant Madman, which was mine. I had priority, and he put... What did he put out? Uh, cubes. So, we both went uh, six wide. Uh, and I think in roster selection, maybe I had a little bit of an advantage because I brought all four physical threat people, which is good for Mutant Madmen, and then I brought more tankier people. So, we both chose to go six wide. And I had Fury, K Luke Cage, War Machine, Iron Man... Uh, Bullseye and oh, who was my sick Bucky, and he had uh, Fury, Bucky, Iron Man, uh, Captain Sam Wilson, Agent Widow, which I thought was interesting, and Bullseye as well. And I think just the having three beefy boys uh, that have damage reduction and that both Luke Cage and War Machine can kind of give me a little bit more of a frontline presence, I think is kind of what swayed the game maybe a little bit in my favor. Um, clearly, there were some there were some pretty good dice rolls. I had a, a Friday AI'd uh, Iron Man one-shot his Agent Widow with a Repulsor Blast, so that definitely helps. But uh, yeah, it was a fun game. Very, very laid back, very chill. He's a great opponent. And I ended up winning that, uh, I think it was 17-13 at the very end. I was able to score eight points in the in the fourth round. So. Okay. Uh, did uh, did he ever <coughs> score uh, the victory points from Agent Widow? He did. He did on the last. He okay. Yeah, he did on the last round. I uh, He had Sam holding two cubes. And I needed both those cubes, I think, to pull out the... No, I needed one of the cubes to pull out the win. And I was able to get it. And he had last um, last uh, activation. And he was like, well, I'm probably... He's like, I'm not, I'm not going to be able to win. So he moved her up and was like, I'm going to get this. <laughs> I'm going to get this interrogation VP, though. So, right, just a little <laughs> victories. I did... Uh, I was able to flip Fury on uh, one of my rounds with, I think, Luke Cage... Luke Cage, Power Man punched him and did some damage and got the double wild stagger, which was crazy. And then I was able to throw a size two to finish him off. Uh, and then Iron Man walked up and I performed a 21 dice Helios laser into his fury to take him off the board. So, Damn. Helios laser is incredible. So, Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, fun game. Uh, one of the things I did want to bring up, and I want to see what you guys think, is uh, if I pull it up here, the spread for... So this is clearly people from all across the nation as well as uh, maybe other parts of the country. I haven't... Yeah, we have a player from Britain, a player from Canada. Yeah, two players from... Three players from Canada, excuse me. My goodness. So... Um, but the affiliation spread is it looks like out of 14 people, five of them are playing Avengers with one of them having a Web Warriors Flash. 
So there's five Avengers, only one Brotherhood of Mutants, two Black Order. Well, one is a Black Order, uh, Black Order only, and then one is a Black Order Criminal Syndicate hybrid. And then uh, that's pretty much all there is one Inhumans player and one X-Men player. So Avengers is still a majority uh, of pretty much the field. Oh, excuse me. And there are uh, two Criminal Syndicate. Forgot about that. Okay, two, I was going to say. <laughs> two Criminal Syndicate. I need to scroll up a little bit. What do you guys think about that spread with Avengers being that highly represented? Do you think that that's something that is still just going to be consistent for a while? And, like, why do you think Avengers is, like... Because uh, I attended LVO, I, I think I've talked about it before, but I attended LVO earlier this year, and a dominant portion of the field were Avengers. Do you guys think it's just popularity of the characters? Do you think it is uh, just how good the factions are? Do you think it's as think simple it's as I think it's both them? of those together. You think it's both of them, yeah. both popularity? Yeah. And... Yeah. And they're they're <laughs> popular because of the movies, and they're good, so people are going to play them. Also, they're pretty easily accessible. Yeah, that's that, true. That, like the the starter pack comes with a uh, with some pretty good ones. Uh, kind of combing it over a little bit. It seems like everybody is leaning toward. Uh, they're they're taking both Sam and they're taking uh, Steve, but I'm not seeing any Hulkbuster across any of this. Do you, do you think that? It's, I think that's correct. Do you think that it's maybe just because it, it seems like any affiliation that has access to a three cost leader, like you see it a lot. And those affiliations are typically like they're typically pretty good. Like any affiliation I think that has three are, are in a good spot. And any affiliation that has like a higher threat leader, except for I think Thanos and Magneto, those are I think the two exceptions. Everything else that's five thread or more seems like they don't perform as well as well as they're not taking as much. Do you think that? Do you think that the most, I guess, from a competitive standpoint, that it's always way better to have just that three threat that way you can have a cheaper core. I think it opens up, anything under five. Honestly, I think just opens up your roster building. Like, uh, when I play, when I first started playing this game, I played a lot of uh, Defenders, and when I switched over to playing Criminal Syndicate, even just dropping a point um, from No Stone Strange to Kingpin, it just felt like everything was, like, everything felt better. Um, because it's like, when you have that five or six threat, it's like, they need to impact every single game, and most of the five threat leaders don't do that all the time. Uh, and I think that's where Magneto kind of shines is because he can do that. I think to to kind of touch on your point, it's kind of uh, we we talked a little bit about like Rapid Fire um, in one of our chats the other night, and I'm starting like even though I've played this game since launch, like it's start really starting to click to me, which you would think is like like, like everyone that plays understands like action economy in this game. And everybody knows like it's a big deal, but I think it's really starting to hit home to me like that that might be one of, if not the most important thing like in the game. Like I guess from a competitive standpoint, is action economy because 
Magneto is a six threat leader, but like you can take two models. And when you take two models, that's four actions that you get, right? And potentially more actions depending on what they can do. Magneto is a special case because he can attack twice and then he can throw a bunch of stuff. And when you're throwing a bunch of stuff, you're costing your opponent tactics cards as well as, I mean, if you were to give me, you know, a five dice attack versus throwing, and, and like maybe I blank out versus throwing a car and I'm just generating free hits. I mean, clearly generating the free hits is better and he can do it a ton, especially if he has a lot of power. So like his action economy is like super, super strong. It's 100% why I play Criminal Syndicate. Yeah, so yeah. so I, I guess what I would ask you guys, because we're talking about, you know, three threat leaders, because you can build a cheaper core, you can get more actions, kind of, to, like, what Brandon was talking about. What do you guys, like, how do you rate on the scale of, like, the game? Like, how important action economy is? Like, do you think that it's the most important thing? Do you think that maybe it's somewhere in the middle in terms of, like, gameplay? Like, what do you guys think? From a competitive, I, I guess yeah. From a competitive standpoint, is a little bit more I'm speaking of in this regards. I think that uh, competitively, it depends on the situation. Uh, obviously, like it, let's say you have a five threat character. Let's take Thor for example, because we've been talking a lot about Asgardians recently. Uh, he costs five points. Uh, for those five points, you could have, say, uh, a a three-point and a two-point model, and he would have uh, Thor would have to do more on the table with two actions than, let's take for instance, Winter Soldier and Nebula. Uh, and I think that there's very few situations where that's going to happen. You know, those two together, or not even together, just those two on the table will likely produce more good outcome for you than just one five. I think... Does that mean that fives are bad? I don't think so. And, and, and I, I get what you're saying. Like, when you have a, a faction where you have to take someone expensive, you it totally limits the size of what you can bring and maybe you want to bring more action but i think that more actions doesn't always necessarily mean a better uh like a better outcome for you okay I, it's situational what do you think brad did we break brad again sorry no i was, I was muted for a second um, oh, I completely disagree with Fred. I think more actions equals good. That's why Magneto is a good six-pointer, because he gets extra actions in his multiple throws. Well, I, I wasn't saying that it's that more actions isn't good. It is. Mm -hmm. It's just more actions doesn't... There are times when the six points is worth taking over more actions. A word in here that's gonna kind of so that I think the the point is that it's all about quality. So if you have quality and efficient actions, you want them more on your higher threat models. You can kind of get away with them on some of the lower threat models. Versus if you don't have those high quality efficient efficiency in your higher threat models, you're kind of feeling real bad. 
It doesn't yeah. feel as good. I mean, Dormammu, I think, is like the perfect example. He's eight, and then you have Thanos, who's also eight. And the key difference between those is Dormammu one's is is one's fair. One's well, well, yeah. I mean, you're you're not wrong. Like Thanos is super strong, uh, but uh, Thanos gets to do a lot for free. Yeah, he he does. And when you take Dormammu, like you're enabling the extra power. So like there is the leadership to take into account, I guess. But like you, that piece is only doing two attacks and then sometimes you're banking on a trigger on an attack that for the most part is probably a trap unless you can really facilitate like a way to get a lot of dice to get your trigger reliably but thanos is he's helping move your pieces he's helping displace your opponent's pieces while also interacting with objectives and uh probably doing some consistent dance like if you take certain setups on him He's doing consistent damage, so I don't know. It's just food for thought, uh, talking about action economy. I think that I've gotten, when you compare Thor to Winter Soldier, I think that I've gotten just insurmountable more value out of Winter Soldier in most of my games than I have on Thor for two threat less, you know, so... We can't get very far into a conversation without uh, Jared just bashing Asgard for no reason. Uh, I, I yeah. Oh well, he brought up Thor. That's why I went with Thor. I could say the same thing about. Uh, I've probably got more more work out of Bucky than I have Cable, and I've played. Uh, I've probably played ten games of X Force, at least in the double digits. So, uh, the last thing I wanted to touch on, kind of talking about uh, this event that I'm in, is. Uh, we were talking about Avengers is I'm actually seeing more Steve Rogers that have been played in all the games this week than versus Sam Wilson. And I just wanted to see what you guys thought about that. Do you think that maybe with his buffs, that's what's leading him to have a little bit more of a resurgence. Uh, the games that were played were against uh, Kingpin. It was against uh, X-Men and it was against uh, it was Steve versus Sam and the games that have been played so far. So, well, I thought Steve was good before they buffed him and was very upset when they buffed him. So it was one of the one of the buffs that didn't make a ton of sense. I will say that the the two of the Steve Steve Rogers games have been losses, which I thought was interesting. I think a big thing with Steve is and I feel like you'll see a lot more probably losses than you will with Sam, because I do feel like Sam is the more competitive leader. And I think a lot more people will play Steve because they want to play specific models that are just... They get the benefit. They're playable with Steve, and they're not necessarily super playable without Steve. Yeah, I got you. That might not be the case, but I do think that's effective. You're talking about Wolverine? I think think that's 100% why. He turns on other people. That's what he does. Yeah, he does. Have you seen that ass? That's America's ass. That's America's America's ass. ass. (laughs) We all made the same joke. That's good. That's a that good joke. The easiest alley oop of all time. I was gonna be. Re- I was gonna leave if not every. I need at least two people to follow up on it. <laughs> well, you got the hat trick, but uh, I I think that you are one hundred percent right. Well, uh, he Steve Rogers is taken because people want to take other stuff, and he makes other stuff work better. Yep. I, like okay. there are characters. I, I'm not good at building sentences. <laughs> uh, the... There are characters that uh, that need some help to to make their kit really function, and he makes other people's kit function. 
the talk about you're going to see more losses with Steve Rogers made me look at the statistics on Longshanks. Oh, okay. Here we go. Um, so Avengers have a straight 50-50 win rate. Uh, I mean, it's not actually 50-50. It's rounded a little, but they have more losses than wins by just a little bit. But close enough to round to 50%. Uh, do you guys think that Sam Wilson has a higher win rate than Steve Rogers. I already said that, so I can't really waffle now. Uh, I'm. So does he have a higher win rate? Yes. I. My first instinct is to say yes, but I think that he gets played, like, I think he gets played more than Steve. So he probably uh, takes more losses than Steve. Current statistics, he has not been played more than Steve. Really? That is super surprising. No, but to me. that is a year's worth of data that's not been since the change. Let me change it to the change. What was that? Mid November. I would be super so, shocked if yeah, Sam so I'm gonna still go, not played more. I'm gonna go the first of December. Okay. And I'm going to re I'm gonna reapply this. <laughs> So it's just since he got improved. Uh, Steve Rogers played instead of twice as much, three times as much. Wow. Holy okay. shit. Uh, I, my answer is going to be that uh, I think that Sam does better. Yeah, Steve. I think that Sam probably has I the higher win percentage. Okay, that is correct. So Sam Wilson has a 53% win rate. And Steve Rogers has a 46% win rate. I... It, Steve Rogers has played three times as much. It was twice as much if I went the whole year. I cannot believe he's been played that much more than Sam. Yeah, I 100. I I can believe it. Do you know? I, I bet that there's a lot of stats of people who don't have Sam, like people who have the starter box and yeah. play in a, in their local tournament, and they play Steve. And I bet that might also be like if if you have an inexperienced player playing against experienced players, they are more likely to lose. So someone who comes in the starter box will likely get a uh, a bump in play, and that bump will be uh, more likely to be losses. That's fair. Uh, while we're here for Hulkbuster, I, I was getting ready to say, please let's look at Hulkbuster. Uh, Hulkbuster yeah. actually has 54% win rate since the Steve Rogers change. He had somewhere in between the two when I was at the full year. I just don't remember what. But he has a little star, only 91 games with him. I think people are sleeping on Hulkbuster. I really do. I, I think, think people are trying to play him when he's advantaged, and that's helping his percentage. I mean, that's... Uh, while, while we're here, you want to guess which leader has the lowest win rate? Out of any affiliation? Any affiliations leader. Cyclops. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, sure. And you know what? I'm not even going to think on it. I'm just going to say, yeah, Cyclops. Fred, do you have a guess? Um, my guess is going to be... Oh, wait. Oh, hold on, hold on. Well, uh, my guess, uh, uh, I'm going to say Black Bolt. Okay, I don't want to say the same thing as Brandon, even though I think that Brandon is probably right. I So to have a different guess, I'm actually going to say uh, Doctor Strange. Okay. 
Uh, Doctor Strange is the highest of those. Guesses. Fuck. Forty-four percent. Black Bolt is forty-two. Um, Sin is forty-one. Oh, Sin. Oh, yeah. was, not that. No, 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 no. Yeah, we're not done Red yet. Red Skull's thirty-eight. Yeah, I was thinking Red Skull. Cyclops is thirty-six. Yeah, yeah, I know <laughs> it. Yeah, <laughs> I knew it. I'm a. I'm batting a real high average right now so far. Like this uh, podcast. Been on a yeah, here. you're you're right most of the time. <laughs> let it let it be known. I said that you were right. You did say that. So true. by proxy, I was right. Yeah, I, I, I saw his. Is. I saw Cyclops's percentage because I was curious, and I'm like, is there one worse than that? Nope. Nope. Yeah. As soon as I I said Cyclops super confidently, and then I was like, ooh, Red Skull might be down there. <laughs> like was, I, that was the only one that I think I was really worried about, mainly because I don't think. Inhumans are getting played enough to really have that bad of a percentage. I don't think so. Fair. I think that they're being played more Fair. than Cyclops leadership. Well, yeah, the difference yeah. is Black like Black Bolt's actually a good model. Like, yeah, he's he's like middling. Like I think he's, he's okay. Uh, one last statistic, if you're on there, just because I am curious, is uh, okay. o- is OG Daredevil still the least played model? Oh, I can't see that. Ah, oh, okay. I thought that you... That's not... They don't keep track of who gets played except for leaders I, along Shanks. I think on the TTS season, I think that uh, Jacob from Xavier Protocols broke it down. Yeah. And I think... I'll have to find it maybe next podcast I can uh, bring it up. But I... That's a fairly small sample compared to what I'm looking at. Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, I think you're only looking at a few hundred on the TTS things. But I think that he was the only model that was taken zero times. Oh, my gosh. In any roster. I'm looking at 6,500 games. Yeah. No, yeah, I know that that, that's vastly. Like, that's the better way to look at it. I didn't know if Longshanks could do that or not. No, he could. um... I'm sure it'd be a good bit of work he could implement that but it wouldn't be easy so he uh he comes in the same boxes as bullseye and bullseye gets play so we know that most people have him and bullseye gets so much play i mean bullseye is an amazing two all the two threats are great like they just i'll say it again that's probably i think the most balanced point value and like the well the the, some of the best design that they have are on, on the two threats the big thing with OG Daredevil too is like he's not good at either of the affiliations he's affiliated. Yeah, he doesn't really play into the things. I mean, I guess Defenders is like it's fine for him. Not really. But he's like the fifth best is it, four pointer. Is it his fault yeah. or is it just Defenders' fault? That he's, I mean, I, Defenders has a good roster. The biggest hamstring on Defenders is having to play OG Strange. And he, he's just not, he doesn't always hold weight. Like, like, I think he has good matchups. Like, I think you'll see his, like, if they get a second leader that costs like three or four, you'll see his percentage skyrocket because he'll only have to be played in matchups where he thrives. Yeah. Versus, like, every other like having to f- force free <coughs> play like he does great in convocation rosters when you don't have to play him every single time yeah 
Well, uh, I think that kind of wraps us up, and we can move on to the character review, unless anybody had anything else they wanted to talk about. All right, well, uh, oh, go ahead. I said I don't have anything, I'm sorry. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Well, we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back to take a look at Scourge the Executioner, so stay tuned. Alright guys, welcome back to the Crit Hit Wild uh, character review section of the podcast. Uh, Just to remind you, uh, if you are listening to this on YouTube, or watching this on YouTube rather, we do have a full version of the podcast that is released to Spotify, Apple, Google, anywhere that you kind of listen to podcasts. Uh, You can find us just under Crit Hit Wild. Uh, Me... But myself, Brad, Fred, and Brandon give terrible hot takes, cover the news, talk about hobby, talk about games that we've been playing and what we've been doing lately. So if you want to listen to that. Talk about math. Talk about math. Talk, we talk about all sorts of stuff. Uh, so every once in a while you'll hear a conversation about Danny Trejo and Mean Girls. That's Sometimes that happens. But uh, yeah, uh, if you want to get that feeling that you're in your after game night, uh talk outside of your local shop give that a listen but uh this week we're taking a look at scourge the executioner so a recently <coughs> excuse me released uh as guardian model uh well it, they haven't updated the the document for affiliations but i think it is fairly safe to say that this model is asgard affiliated um but yeah scourge the executioner he's sitting on a 432 stat line two is a little bit interesting there uh, for Mystic, uh, he's six stamina on his healthy side, five on his injured. He is a three threat character, uh, and he's size two, medium move. Uh, he has a battle axe, uh, flat one power builder, which is six dice, so pretty good there, with a wild bleed attached to it. His spender is called the Executioner, which is a range three attack. It is eight dice for four power cost. And if the target character has bleed, you can reroll up to two dice during the attack. And this also has a wild bleed trigger attached to it. So good synergy with Heimdall there, letting him reroll up to four dice for this attack. As well as, uh, I think it's a little bit of synergy with Hela because she puts out bleed pretty consistently. So uh, He has a three power active superpower, storm giant strength, choose an interactive terrain feature size three within two and throw it small. Uh, he has the reactive superpower that costs two right-hand man when an enemy character within two of this character targets another ally character with an attack. You can use it. Uh, you become the target. So it's the in-your-face uh, bodyguard. He has the passive-aggressive superpower. So after he, an attack targeting him is resolved, if he took damage, he can advance short. <laughs> I heard it too, Fred. Yeah, uh, he, uh, where... where... Whenever someone does something wrong, he will just sort of let it happen and scoff and walk away uh, in a way that's very passive-aggressive. Did I say? Oh, I see, I see. I didn't even catch <laughs> yeah. it. Shit. Yeah, he's, he's so passive-aggressive. <laughs> How about that? Look at what AMG did. They made it funny. Uh, yeah, and then he has the uh, traditional Asgardian uh, superpower, which uh, power phase, he gains one additional power. Uh, and again, the only change to his flip side is he does go down in one stamina point. So, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, we'll kind of go over Scourge and uh, talk about what we think about him. He does come with two uh, 
specific uh, to him uh, taxes card, so we will also cover those. <coughs> Jeez, excuse me. And uh, maybe see if that kind of ups his value a little bit if he's bringing anything with his taxes cards. But uh, yeah. Uh, what do we think about Scourge the Executioner? Uh, I'll start with you, Brad. Oh, great, me. Um, so my big issue with Heimdall was he was not going to have enough power. Um, Scourge is worse. Uh, Scourge doesn't even have a true builder. Uh, he's going to be making like three power a turn. So he'll get to like thirst stuff unless he's being attacked. Um, but you have to pick whether you want to throw or bad bodyguard. Uh, both good abilities. Uh, you'll probably get to Executioner once you've been dazed. Uh, maybe you'll get to do it a second time before you die, um, unless you're just not doing anything else. Um, but for a three-pointer, that's all pretty okay. Um, I don't know. I just keep thinking about Valkyrie, and he looks bad compared to Valkyrie. Okay. Worse than Valkyrie. What do you think, Brandon? Uh, um, <laughs> I really sorry. I had my mic mute, muted for a second. I, uh, I like the uh, like the. Uh, I thought that was just you were just gonna leave it at that. No, I was I was doing some research um, to make sure. So there are only oh god, I mean I gotta go through like two more characters just to make sure I'm not missing anyone. Um, but there are only two other three-point characters that roll six dice on a free attack. Do you know those two other characters? Oh, uh, let's see. There, there are two other three threats that do six. That there are six dice on a free attack. Uh, you know, I don't know off the top of my head. Can't think of any. Yeah, I can uh, No idea. Shuri. Oh, yep. There's, there's six dice on her Panther Gauntlets, which only do, can only do one, one damage. damage. Right, does that not, doesn't really count. Does push, um, range five, and then ant-sized uppercut on Ant-Man. Oh, that's one, right, yeah. Six dice. Yeah, um, about that. I, I think his attacks are both very good. I do understand um, where Brad's coming from. Um, I, I think this model was mimicked off of Valkyrie in the aspect of, so like he has aggressive instead of charge. Um, I really like the, the bad bodyguard, um, and having the option to throw is very nice and now becomes very prevalent with Asgard because most, most of your models now are throwing, um, I think I'm uh, getting stuck in the world of like um, like power. I think a lot of threes struggle with power. Um, I don't think that's necessarily an uncommon thing. I think he's going to struggle way worse than most threes. I, 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 I think he's going to be in the mix a lot more. Um, I think like he's going to get a lot of play. The Being able to bad bodyguard, taking a little bit of damage, um, and having access in Asgard to both Odin's Blessing and like med pack uh, and even field dressing um obviously you might not want to be doing all those things with him but just having access to him um i think you're going to keep him around a lot i um especially when you only have really two i, I don't <coughs> think 
like I said, and the throw is one of those things for him. Um, now in this affiliation, Thor has a throw. Uh, Angela has a throw. Uh, is it on attack or does she not have a throw? She has, yeah, a she has a terrain a only throw. Yeah, so she has a terrain only throw. Uh, Valkyrie also has a throw. Mm-hmm. So now you have four. Loki has a throw. I hadn't got that far. I'm on Enchantress. Enchantress has a throw. Um, I think all of them, but Hella, Hella, and Loki. I don't think Loki has a throw, does he? Loki does not have a throw. Yeah, so Loki... he doesn't. No, if he does, he's it's hidden a somewhere. Ice giant. Yeah. If he, he does, it's there? it's hidden in somewhere. Uh, I don't have Hella in my list because I'm not bringing her up. I can tell you, she doesn't have a throw. So it's it's just her and Loki, like. So I mean that's pretty good, right? Like an entire. Uh, Heimdall also doesn't have a throw. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, but even either way, I I don't. So that that's kind of my point. I don't think you're going to be relying on him to have that throw. I think that's kind of like a luxury. So I think you're really spending your power on the executioner and right hand man. Um, you can do the executioner on turn two. Uh, if you do nothing else. If yeah, if you don't have to, if you don't have to bodyguard, which you're probably not bodyguarding on one, um, so sitting up on turn two, being able to battle axe for six dice, if you give the bleed, and now you can re-roll and roll eight dice, um, and have a power left over. So then, guess what? You can do it next turn after your battle axe. Um, so I think, I mean, obviously, I I think that will hurt him like splash wise. I don't know because like you want to throw more. Um, but I think him being able to hold bodyguard up and executioner on a regular basis, also executioner being range three is awesome. Um, I feel like, uh, as someone who's played a lot of black dwarf, when people, um, massively overlook all the time that black dwarfs, um, spender, which is very similar to this range three, eight dice for four power with stagger. Um, and he's a four threat character. Uh, it's pretty good. Um, so I, I think the I think the power economy is honestly fine for a three threat character. I don't think he'll struggle as much as Brad thinks he will. Um, but I think a lot of that is kind of staring at that throw, and I think you kind of ignore that. I, I think that's something he'll only really be using in a pinch, um, because I do think with uh, you're playing a lot of Thor, you're playing a lot of Angela, you're playing a lot of Valkyrie when you're playing Asgard. Um, their throws are going to be a lot more prevalent probably than this, uh, than Scourge's. I think Scourge is going to be used a lot as a, uh, bodyguard and, uh, beat stick, uh, which I think is fine. And aggressive is going to help him. I, I'm really glad. Cause when I, when I read this card for the first time, I read aggressive and I got really scared that he had a small move and oh my God, I was like, um, thankfully not the case. So medium move with aggressive, um, it's pretty good. I like that. Um, I know She-Hulk has that and it's, it's real good on She-Hulk. It Obviously, is really good on She-Hulk. Completely different, but just being able to be like, yeah, you know what? I will come towards you, especially with that range too. It's just kind of like, it kind of prevents, it, it also kind of, you know, prevents those like pushes, uh, being able to come right back on the point, um, is really, really good. And I think that's something that um, he kind of will excel in because you can't really push him off the point. There's very few medium-sized pushes, so. All right, well, what do you think, Fred? 
I'm I'm a little bit more up on this guy. I think. Uh, do you know what I see when I see that what he has? I see a functional <coughs> crossbow. This guy, this uh, what uh, what his job is gonna be is going to be to get in the middle and beat face and be bad enough of a threat that your opponent can't just ignore him. Uh, he's he's three points, which is on the cheap end for an Asgardian, and uh, you can probably just let him get killed and not feel like you're out too much in the game. And while he's drawing attention and perhaps literally pulling attacks away from more important models, your more important models get to do work. I, I, I like him. I'm, I, I, I feel like what Brandon was saying is absolutely correct. Like the, I, I think the uh, spender is going to get used a little bit more often. I, I, Brad is not, is not wrong when he says that the power is going to be an issue, but Auto getting, yeah, auto getting one auto getting one i mean we we've all thrown dice on this in this game and sometimes when you're you've got a builder that gives you power for damage and you roll dice and you roll you blank out when you really needed that power some sometimes you wish you just auto got one and just having it be standard one is nice. Yeah, I love that. I'm not saying that's that. better. It's not. It's not better, but it is. They didn't have nice. to give us energy, any energy for the fact that it actually deals damage on a three-point character and gives you six dice. Um, like, six is a lot. Like, let's not, yeah. like, for a free attack, like, if he had a six-dice builder, I, I this conversation would be, we'd be talking about this character being, like, semi-broken at three threat. Um, yeah. Like a lot of fours don't even have six dice builders, so yeah. I mean, uh, having a six dice builder almost like if it was a true builder, that would pretty much like you're consistently probably looking at doing two points of damage, right? I think it's like two point like six or something like and that. And him so. being an Asgardian, if you're up in the fray, if it was a true builder, he could probably consistently be able to battle axe immediately into executioner like every turn. Yeah. So. And you can yeah. honestly play it that way to where if you're not using the other ones, you can kind of basically do that every turn anyway. Um, and it's just that combination to like having being able to bodyguard, like save some damage um, in an affiliation with Odin's blessing. Uh, and then you have your two restrictor cards. So you also then immediately have access to like, say a med pack field dressing um, or what you ever you want to do there. Like you can have three healing cards Um uh, and I think we when we talked about Thor, that was one of the issues we talked about is sometimes it just feels like he just dies. And same thing with Angela. Uh, now you have a bodyguard in faction that can hit hard for a three threat character. Like he's hitting hard. Um, yeah. And I think, and, that, and then you can splash the in the Koye at two points. So now you have five threat wrapped up into two bodyguards. They're going to do a lot of work. Um, and that, and now you have play three playable threes in faction that are very very good. Yeah. Uh, I think it's I think it's really really big for Asgard. I think it's I'm I'm really excited about it. Uh, I'm gonna throw it down in the dirt forever. Like 14 points with Asgard playing Thor, Valkyrie, Heimdall, and Scourge is scary. I don't like 
I, I think agree. about that now. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to play against that. Like, if if I'm playing against someone and I'm not paying attention to what they're playing and they flip sword, I'm usually like, okay, whatever, we'll play, you know. You know, if, then we do end up playing 14. It's like, okay, cool, we'll do that and whatever. And then all of a sudden, if they put that out, it's like, all right, cool. I don't know how to win this game with most factions. Um, I think most affiliations are really going to struggle with that. Um, and I think it just brings a lot to that affiliation. I think these are two perfect models to get this affiliation right back into the, you know, the limelight. I, I mean, I think that all of you have said some pretty good things about Scourge. Like, I think that he is super serviceable in Asgard. Uh, I think that the power generation is, I mean, it's not the best, but I see from like a, giving him a six dice, I understand why he doesn't have like a like a true builder. Like it always kind of feels a little bit rough. I think that the only flat power gain that feels good is on any character that's rapid fire. Uh, but I uh, I think I I mean I think that he's pretty decent. I think that he's really really good in Asgard. Uh, him having that six threat battle axe. Uh, to Brandon's point, really makes him be a threat on the field because you can't just let a character like that go around uh, smacking things with six dice and not have to deal with them. I mean, Nebula taught me that. Granted, she gets rerolls, but cheap models I mean, that can go around rolling big dice pools is is frustrating and scary. So, quick note: you can also just battle axe twice. You have aggressive up to move into like territory of like bodyguard and then every turn you can bodyguard twice in that scenario yeah i well the one thing that i like about him is that he's an asgardian so he always has right hand man online like always so even if they choose to ignore him sometimes you can get in odd situations with like luke cage where you put him up there and you might be just a power short or something like that because maybe you've thrown or you've done something you might be a power short uh, I, I know specifically if you go up to interact with him, you'll interact and then like next turn you won't be able to bodyguard uh, or bad bodyguard I should say. Uh, with Scourge you're always going to be able to do it so it's nothing to like double move up, interact and the next turn be able to right hand man immediately so it can be very uh, after your placement turn one it can be very uh, annoying for your opponent uh, going into round two. Um Aggressive is bodyguards good. also becoming the norm, right? Like we haven't uh, got a good like ages, taunting. Right? Yeah, like uh, I think these taunting bodyguards are the only kind that we've been receiving. Colossus was the last one we got. Oh, okay, yeah, I forgot about Colossus. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Yeah, and then before that, it was uh, was it a was it a Koye? Is there only three? Uh, is it just Steve? Okoye and Colossus? No, so... With the good bodyguard. With the good bodyguard. Okay, so... I know the bad bodyguard is pretty common now at this point. No, She-Hulk she has uh, good bodyguard. She good yeah, She-Hulk has. And to be fair, thematically, the bad bodyguard makes the most sense, right? Red like, Skull yeah. has reverse bodyguard. Yes. <laughs> so, <laughs> I don't know if you count that or not, but... Uh, that, also that, very much on theme. Yeah, uh, but uh, yes, yeah, I mean Scourge is good, right? I think right hand man is excellent on him. I do think it like I like that he has four physical defense. Um, so you know if you bodyguard or you right hand man 
like the right attacks. I think he comes pretty sturdy. Um, I, I don't know. Aggressive is good. Like it's a good ability. I feel like most of the time, like I feel like aggressive could be so much more. But the models that they choose to put aggressive on, I like I don't care for. Like Crossbones is like yeah he's got aggressive, but he's small move, so he's kind of ignore him. She Hulk is technology. Yeah, She Hulk is really really good. Uh, you try to hit She Hulk. Um, I mean she's gonna get up in your face, and I mean she's a good piece for it. Uh, Sabretooth, like because he has uh. Brad might have to help me out. What's the retaliation attack called? Uh, I remember. Uh, well, Sabretooth can clap you back. I'll look that up here in a second. But uh, when you damage him, he can uh, he can swing back. So that makes aggressive a little bit more compelling on him, I guess. But like even still, I don't know that I really like care for it. Like it's nice that he has it. It is but... called. Untamed force. Untamed force. Yeah, so that's that's compelling, I guess, on on Sabretooth. But even then, I'm still kind of like, meh. So I'm kind of like, eh, on this guy. But, uh, it, like, or not meh on him, but I uh, meh on him having aggressive. But uh, Storm Giant Strength is good when you kind of want to finish a character off. The thing that I think probably sticks out the most uh, for yeah, me... If I could trade aggressive for damage reduction and a heartbeat. I wish uh, that he could have damage reduction because I know that in his uh, fluff, he is supposed to be uh, a little bit, because of his heritage, he's supposed to be a little bit faster and a little bit more durable than some of your like more standard Asgardians. So I wish that he, to play into theme, I wish that he did have a charge similar to Valkyrie. And I wish that he did have damage reduction. I think I would also prefer it instead of aggressive, but but he doesn't. Um, but he kind of does a little bit. I don't mind aggressive. I, I think uh, I think if I think the problem is if he would have came out before Valkyrie, you'd see these things on like kind of a different Valkyrie. I, I think if he had a charge, it'd be way too similar. That's fair. I tell you, the thing that probably sticks out the most to me with him is that I see him with these attacks at 3-threat, and I'm like, this is the perfect, like, Doom Prophecy guy. Yeah. So, like, after he gets flipped, rolling 12 dice executioners with... 10 dice battle axe? Yeah, 10 dice battle axe and uh, 12 dice executioner with potential of reroll 4 uh seems pretty good like i liked it on valkyrie i might like it on scourge a little bit more because i think fred said it earlier like if you kill him like i'm happy if you kill scourge over any like some of my other asgardians like you don't want to be losing thor like he's the he's like a linchpin to your affiliation I mean, you don't want to. You really, you don't want to lose like Enchantress. She can move people off points. She can still object. Also, the affiliation heals, right? Yeah, I just that just dawned on me. So like, yeah, you can, can play like you have the affiliation to heal plus Odin's blessing plus like med pack plus field dressing. Like they can be super durable, but for whatever reason, in my experience, oh my, my people keep dying still. 
I'm not saying that's not going to happen. It's just like, it just dawned on me. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. You're good. But yeah, I think Doom Prophecy on him is going to be pretty nuts. And you just, you don't give a shit if he dies. So I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. But uh, unless anybody has anything else they would like to touch on for his actual card, I'm going to go into the tactics cards really quick just to touch on those. All right, so we'll uh, look at the first one, which is uh, Meet My Executioner. This involves Enchantress and Scourge. So uh, you'll be taking Enchantress, and I don't know that you take her in every match, but she's pretty strong still, even after the changes, and um, she has great control uh, with Siren's Call. So uh, Meet My Executioner is reactive. It is unaffiliated, in case you would be taking both in another affiliation, but... Um, I... I think you might because I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility that he is also Cabal with Enchantress. Oh, okay, fair enough. Uh, okay, cool. Yeah, so uh, this is unaffiliated. When another allied character would suffer a collision, Enchantress may spend two to pay this card. Place an allied Scourge, the Executioner, within range one of the character suffering a collision. Scourge suffers the collision instead. During this collision, if Scourge takes damage, reduce the amount he suffers by one. So, a few things to note about this card. Uh, clearly, uh, it says Enchantress pays it, uh, which is two power, but she's as Guardian. So, unless you've done something early in the round, it's always online, which is nice. There is no range requirement for her to be like near the person taking the collision or nearby for scourge. So no matter where she's at on the board, she just pays two. This can take effect. Place scourge. scourge can yeah. Oh. Scourge can teleport any distance. Yeah. It's any distance. He just has to be within range one. So he can also fly anywhere across the board. And, uh, then of course, uh, he reduces the damage by one, which he was rolling for physical defense. So he's, pretty decent in the collisions and it's there's no minimum no minimum so yeah. you can take it to zero so i think I, this is a this is like a it might be a better brace um uh there's also a fun little thing that i noticed when i reread this card this time uh Another character means another character that's not Enchantress, the way that sentence is. So she can do it to Scourge. <laughs> oh, so yeah, Scourge so you can place... Yeah. Within one of himself, and then still be the target and reduce the damage. <coughs> the God only damn. person you cannot protect with this card is Enchantress. Uh, yeah, that's fun. That, that is true. That's fun. Uh, yeah, I think it's a better brace. Um because of i mean brace reduces all damage uh oh well, yeah it just negates all damage of the uh the, the collision but this has like such i think it's the, just the positioning potential yeah is is pretty crazy like this is like a like a not as good like mothership or something is essentially how i'm looking at it so it, there's a key it, character. It, oh, good. It certainly means you don't need to waste a restricted card on Brace if you're playing as Guardians. Yeah, but I almost like it. Like if you have Brace, you have Brace. In and addition, this. yeah, um, it just really doubles down on like the. I, I like that. 
if you are playing him, and maybe in Cabal, like, if he is Cabal-affiliated, I could see some really cool stuff where, like... But even in Asgard, like, you you have an opponent on, like, your left side of your field or something like that, <laughs> really trying to kill your leader or, like, a really important, like, linchpin piece. Uh, Scourge is on the opposite side. Maybe you're kind of winning on the right side a little bit. And then they choose to do a throw, and... Uh, you put Scourge on the opposite side of the board, and then he might be in range to start bodyguarding for your important piece that they're trying to kill. So, I don't know. I, I like it. This is a really good card against <coughs> um, against Criminal Kingpin's Criminal Syndicate. Uh, like, this is really Magneto. good. Like, if you, if you... Well, so Magneto's a lot of times playing up the middle, right? So, like... and Because I, I thought about that, too. I think, I mean, obviously, I think you take it in that matchup. But I think against like just thinking about the matchup with Criminal Syndicate where they really want to spread you out and they really rely heavily on throws, just being able to like pop someone across the table. Um, it's a really yeah, good. it's a super the strong hardest. Effect. The hardest thing is going to be if you're playing Asgard, it's going to be just playing the card. Uh, like you have Doom Prophecy, Odin's Blessing, Rainbow Bridge, and your two restricted cards. Like it's going to be hard just to make the cut at five. I do, however, think if he is cabal affiliated uh that's great for cabal i i think that this makes your 10 i think 100 uh, makes your 10 i think that you you only i think that if you do play enchantress and him <coughs> excuse me then you probably like there's a good chance that you can probably bust it out or you know to your to what like brad was saying like brotherhood and stuff like that it might just be matchup dependent like if you really feel like you need that extra kind of offshoot of brace for for uh for your matchup then maybe you take it but i, I think it definitely makes your 10 at least because it definitely opens up your like it opens up your restricted cards because you can kind of take that and not really consider brace yeah um, that is true all right well uh let's take a look at the next card which is weapons of midgard uh it's unaffiliated active uh card during scourge the executioner's activation he may spend two power to play this card i love that all these cards cost two power that, that just it really plays into asgard really well scourge the executioner may use the attack listed above once this activation <coughs> excuse me uh it is a beam four physical attack that is five dice uh i don't really care for it uh I guess, well, okay, I take that back. It's fun, it's just not competitive. Well, I like it if you're in your Doom Prophecy turn. Mm. That, that takes you to a beam four nine dice attack. So, oh, I didn't even think about that. That's okay. I don't think that's worth it. It's probably not worth it. I've, I don't think this card ever makes a five in a tournament game. I think you're probably right. This that's is... where I. Go ahead. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I I don't see how this fits. It's I mean it's fun, <laughs> and it'll be fun to play in like a a, a a casual game, but it's it just doesn't do enough to be worth the slot. Yeah, I I agree with you guys. Like, I think it's a fun card. Like, you can have some fun with it. Like, Doom Prophecy. And then you play this, but that's like so much power. 
I, I guess it's only five power, but it's like to facilitate. I don't know. I don't think it's worth it. I, it probably doesn't make your 10. Uh, if you're looking at it from a competitive standpoint and a fun game, absolutely. Uh, competitively speaking, this probably does not make it in there. I, on average, I don't like any of the, uh, attack cards that cost you your action. Because none of them ever seem worth it. Uh, the exception, excuse me, the exception to that is Helios Laser and Ricochet Blast. I think both those are worth it. But on average, well, if you're gonna play Crossbones, the Crossbones one is worth. Oh, it. Oh, excuse uh, me, yeah, uh, Elizabeth yeah, Tech too. Yeah. Those are the three. Thank you for that. Uh, yeah, those are three cards that are worth it. But why are you playing Crossbones? Uh, you might be playing Sin. She can use it too. Yeah. So mm, I don't think it's as good with her. It's not. It's, I mean, it's better for crossbones, but you're probably not playing crossbones. So then, <laughs> I mean, if you play Sin, uh, yeah, hey, maybe it gets taken. If this guy's Cabal affiliated, if Scourge is Cabal affiliated, he's going to eat even more of crossbones lunch. Yeah. I will say, uh, if he is Cabal affiliated, this is a good way for him to generate three to four power. He doesn't generate power. Well, uh, if he's Cabal, every time that you do damage with an attack, you oh, get power. Oh, sure, so. sure, 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 sure. We're really grasping the straws, though, to talk about this card. It's not a great card. We, we don't... Play it really in your fun matchups, but don't bring it to a tournament. Fair enough. All right, so looking at his tactics cards, uh, between the two of them, Meet My Executioner is probably the, the more compelling choice, so... Looking at, uh, we'll, we'll factor in my executioner, and then the rest of his cards. Uh, we can kind of go into the ratings. So, who would like to start? Me. Go ahead. C. C. Okay. Yeah, I think if he's cabal affiliated, he'll be playing Asgard and Cabal, and both will probably like playing him. Other than that, he wants to play. What do you think, Fred? Uh, I'm I'm looking more to B. I don't think he's. Uh, no, I, I'm standing by B. I think B is more where I feel like he he's is. He's above average. I feel like he does what I want to do. He's above average. And, and, and punch. But hey, also, my rating system is not based on anything. I just put him wherever I feel like I want to put something that day. And that's the God's honest truth. That is the God's honest truth. All right, what do you think, Brandon? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I think I like him more than everybody else, uh, just like Heimdall. Um, I disagree with Brad. I actually think he could see some splash uh, splash play, um, the extra power. I, I think in universally, I think the Asgardians see a decent amount of splash um, besides, like, Thor and, like, well, even Loki sees some splash play. Ella doesn't count because um, she just doesn't count. Um, so I, I think the extra power gain is really important. Like I said, I, I mean, aggressive would be better if it was damage reduction, but I honestly think we'd be having a different conversation about him being probably too good um, at damage reduction. I mean, he has damage reduction. He looks like Lizard, except for he gets a six dice attack instead of four. Um, and bodyguard. Like, that's probably entirely too good at three. Um uh, yeah, I like him a lot. I'm going to give him a B plus. Okay. Uh, I like him. There's, I mean, 
I think that... I think when you're up in the fray making attacks, he's going to feel pretty fun to play. Uh, I do enjoy his attacks. Like I think that they're they're really really good for a three threat. Uh, the rest of his kit is uh, like a little bit boring, I guess. He doesn't really bring anything kind of new or interesting to the game. Not especially not when you compare him beside Heimdall. But I mean, you don't always need that. You don't need every uh, character in the game to be doing a bunch of fancy shit. So. Uh, he's good. I think he opens up a lot for Asgard, and just by nature of what he's going to do for them, because at the end of the day, you want all the affiliations to feel good and fun to play, and you want to see him represented in, in all the events and stuff, so I like what he does. Uh, it's pretty good. I like what he does for Asgard. Um, again, I like what he does like opening up with him because of his threat value, so I'll give him a B-. minus. <laughs> Did you give him a B or B plus, Fred? I give him a B. And what did you give him, Brandon? B plus. So we got a B plus, a B, a B minus, and a C. We're pretty spread. <laughs> it's probably the most spread we've been on any character, I think. Uh, and I don't know what this weird world that's become. I, think <laughs> I just think characters are better than the rest of you, and I'm not. I don't know. I I do think Heimdall and Scourge. Uh, yeah, I guess. I, but I do think Heimdall and Scourge make Asgard, like... Oh, yeah, way better. Good. Like, like. I don't want to say... I think they I think they become, like, like tier two. I think that... I mean, I don't think they're, like, S tier, like... Top, but I think they're going to be at the top of the tier two. Um, like, I, I think, especially those lower point games, it's going to be hard to match up with, like, Thor, Valkyrie, Heimdall, and Scourge. Like I said, at 14... Uh, at 15, you can upgrade one to like Enchantress or Loki, and then you know at 16 now you can have an Angela um, or an Okoye with the rest of them. Uh, I just think they're they're gonna bring they have a lot of playability. Then at the higher points, being able to bring both Thor, Angela, uh, and possibly um, Thor, Angela like at 19, Thor, Angela, and the uh, three Valkyrie, Heimdall, and Scourge. I think it's going to be really, really good. I think it's going to definitely... I think you're definitely going to see a huge uptick in Asgard play. What is their... Uh, what's their current win percentage? Does anybody still have Long Shanks pulled open? Let me just... I did close that tab. I'd like to... I can look it up super quick. Though. Okay. I'd like to see what their win percentage is right now. And then after this release, maybe in a couple months, kind of seeing if that changes. Because you know that... Asgard is 45% right now. 45%. I would not be surprised if they maybe shifted a little bit higher and they got up to like the 49, 50. Maybe not 50, but I, I think it'll go higher than 45. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, the problem is like going up that like high, I think it'll change if you do like a synapsis. I think the overall change would be kind of tough just because like you've got to kind of, it's a hard, you have to have a really good run to improve like drastic percentage points. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I don't think they're getting played a whole lot. Like, I think that they are getting played, but, like, Avengers and stuff probably... Mm -hmm. If they don't triple what Asgardians are getting played, I would be surprised. But I think... Uh, Avengers, is, Avengers is almost five times as much. Five times, yeah, there you go. So, like, they're yeah. not getting played. So, I think, you know, with yeah, new I releases... 
Yeah, I think we, the we could also play with the heavy. data sets too. Yeah, I think the resurgence is going to be really heavy. I think you're going to see a lot of Asgardians. I think people really like them as characters. They're um, one of the lowest played. Yeah. yeah. So I, I think those numbers are going to go up heavily. I mean, we haven't had an Asgard release. I mean, I don't count Angela and Enchantress, but like, I mean, like, unknown Asgardians, like, even like MCU or comic wise, it's kind of been a while. I mean, because Enchantress is kind of a, a like a is not a good guy, and then Angela is a character from a different comic franchise that was given. legally it's Marvels. I, I said I did. Yeah, that was given. I said it was a it was a, it was a gift. Uh, it was more of a spiteful gift, but that's besides the point. Yeah. Uh, so I think it, I think this will have a huge, especially I think those are two characters that people loved um, in the movies. So I think we'll definitely see a pretty big resurgence in Asgard play. All right. Well, uh, we're looking at uh, an average of a B. So, well, I, mean, I don't know what the average. Does it take it to a B or B minus? Either way, it's in the Bs uh, for Scourge. So he's he's uh, probably around the middle tier of three threats. Maybe maybe a little bit on the upper side of uh, three threats, but I mean probably mostly in the middle. He does some good things, but he doesn't shake things up too much. Um, but we can move on to uh, comic book talks. I think Brad probably has some recommendations for us if you want to check out more about Scourge. I do. Let me bring up my notes. Okay. So Scourge, more often known as the executioner in the comics. Got three suggestions for you here. The first one is Journey into Mystery 103 by Stan Lee and Jack Kirby. Uh, this is his first appearance, and he's working with the Chantress right here at the very beginning. So, first appearance. Uh, second is Thor 362. This is from the Walter Simonson run. Uh, probably the definitive Thor run. But Scourge joins the fight to stop Ragnarok from happening. Uh, Hela seduces him to fight by her side, and that's all I'm going to give you about the issue. Um, there's some twists and turns in there. Read it for yourself. Uh, the final one is Thor Giant Size Special Number 1 by Matt Fraction, Dan Breerton, Doug Braithwaite, uh, Mike Allred, and Ma Sepulveda. Uh, the tale of the executioner is told by those that fight beside him, but everyone's version is slightly different. What could be going on? Is it Loki? Is it something else? Read the issue. Find out. <laughs> I like the way you presented that one. That was nice. He gets, uh, manipulated a lot, right? Is that probably where the two mystic I, defense? I think so, yeah. Is? I think he does. That's why two mystic defense is on the card is because of that, yeah. I would really guess. All right. I well. think anytime he's working with a Chantress, that's like his decision, <laughs> but pretty much anyone else, and he's being manipulated. Well, he's he's in love with her, right? In that yeah. kind of little bit yes. of the story there, yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's correct from what little Thor I have read. All right. Well, thank you for those recommendations. And uh, for the last uh, section for our character uh, review slash deep dive, we have Fred's uh, non sequitur recommendation. So go ahead, Fred. 
Yeah, so... Uh, I hope this uh, is Barbie. Like... <laughs> no, unfortunately not. Uh, hey, uh, Jared, I have a question for you. I'm so What's excited. your first thought when you look at that axe that he's, that he's holding in the art on his card? What's my first thought when I look your first at the thought, axe? Like my knee, your knee-jerk thought. He's holding an axe? Yeah, my my knee jerk thought was that the axe of Godric the Grafted. Oh, I see, uh, I see where you're going. And, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm going to to give a recommendation that was bound to happen eventually, and that's the recommendation for Elden Ring. <laughs> there it is. Uh, yeah. Uh, so <laughs> this is a game that came out this year uh, in in 2022, and it is the magnum opus from FromSoft. Uh, it is basically the 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 perfect soulsborne type style game in my personal opinion and uh i i think that this is uh one of the best games ever made i'm i'm putting it out there <laughs> uh and truly is worth picking up and playing uh i i cannot explain to you just how much happiness you can feel in a game like when you defeat Melania Blade of Mikola. Would you also like to state you don't know how like equally frustrated you can feel? Uh, <laughs> there are plenty of, of images <laughs> online of, of TVs that have had a, a game controller thrown through them. Uh, and and like controllers that have been beaten against a wooden table until they've broken. Uh, this is that is this style of game. It, the way that a Soulsborne game in the eyes of FromSoft works is, you die until you don't die, yep. and that's and you just keep dying until you can actually pull out a win. Do you think that Scourge it, it, feels like he's the lord of all that is golden? <laughs> I think that he thinks that he is, but I think that in reality he's probably more of a pretender to the throne, aka a Godric the Grafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I saw actually um, a funny clip of a rage. I, I can't remember if it was Elden Ring or not, but a guy threw his controller down at the floor, and he threw it so hard that it ricocheted up, hit the PlayStation, and then bounced into his TV and broke the TV. Oh jeez! It was impressive <laughs> to say the least. It was very impressive. Oh jeez! <laughs> uh, um, everyone, go play Elden Ring. It's a lot of fun, and it's worth playing. It's great. Uh, thank you for your recommendation, Fred. I have played Elden Ring. It is also fun, and I can recommend that everyone play that as well. Uh, I I did I did forget, but then I remembered. Brandon, do you have a list for us this week? Yeah, I always have a list, and I don't I know got why it. I make a list. I got a it. No, 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 no. I remembered this time. I remembered. Brandon has a list to play Scourge the Executioner, and uh, yeah, if you'd like uh, to try him out. Go ahead, Brandon. Uh, a non-Avenger, a non-Asgardian list. Um, kind of feeding off of the, the power economy. Um, I think a couple places he fits in really well. I think he fits in really well with Dormammu. Uh, I also think he fits in really well with the Inhumans. Um because they can give them the power off their leadership and they need lower threat characters because you kind of always want to play uh, Black Bolt and Medusa. Um, I like him more in Dormammu. 
that's just more of a personal preference. Uh, a core of kind of Dormammu, Shadowland, Daredevil, Scourge, um, Black Cat, X-23, Enchantress, uh, Carnage, Craven, Bullseye, Bla- uh, Baron Mordo. Uh, gives you that little bit of Achilles effect and also having access to the bodyguard to take uh, big shots away from uh, Dormammu uh, and to protect Shadowland, Daredevil, uh, as well as any other important characters that are slightly more important than him. Uh, I like that because he'll get two power from Asgardian, and then he gets an additional power uh, yeah. from Dormammu, so that leaves him... Uh, lets him do anything that, he wants. Well, that, that lets him do what we talked about earlier, which was after he gets up in there, he can battle axe Executioner. Like, every, every round. Time. Every round, yeah. So, that's pretty good. Uh, and I... I brought actually a a roster. Oh Jesus! I thought of. Yeah. Hell yeah, Fred. That's why I love you. So, so uh, this was this is just like a a, a five person uh, a five man roster at seventeen points, and and my thoughts here were you could bring Shadowland Daredevil as the leader, and uh, you bring Black Swan with the Power Stone, you bring Scourge. Then Bullseye and Winter Soldier, and oh, okay. that does technically count as being Criminal Syndicate affiliated. Uh, and you end up with a a a murderous list of of true violence on the table. Uh, you can have him go up with Black Swan and uh, shunt some of the damage from her onto him with the right-hand man and you can have uh, once that's done he can aggressive up cause damage wreak havoc and then black swan can charge in and do a everything dies and throw stuff around i i want to i want to try this combination out because it Uh, seems great i like that uh what is uh if you get a bleed out he gets a executioner so that's eight dice for roll three uh-huh. And you've got uh, Winter Soldier there to put the bleed out yep. if you get a wild on his on one of his gunshots. That comes so, up way more than you would think it would. It he, really does. He puts it, that bleed left and right at range five. So good. Yep. I, I also have a list. <laughs> no, now you're trolling. I know you're trolling. No, Are you, you're not no, trolling. No, you I, have a list. I have a list. Okay. Let's hear it. I okay. made a big deal last so, week. Imagine this. Okay, start with Scourge, obviously. Add Enchantress, his right-hand woman. His left-hand woman, because he's the right-hand man. I don't know how that works. And then you add to that Heimdall, Angela, Thor, Valkyrie. You play some of those good, good Asgard cards. And you play them with Asgard. It's probably pretty good. That like is probably that's cutting edge, and I, like I don't think that a lot of people see that tech. That was uh, that was that was, that was so really. <laughs> I, I really considered Shadowland Daredevil for a list too. I really I do like him a lot with Shadowland Daredevil. Yeah, with a reroll, it it it's nice. I like how Brandon list listened to your list. He accepted it, and then he quickly moved past it. <laughs> <laughs> and went, went back to his home of Shadowland Daredevil crawled back in I like it, it's uh, it's a good world to live in I think uh, I feel like I just 
I feel like I, we always just throw stuff at Fred, and he just loves it for Shadowland Daredevil, so I, I'm a big fan. I mean, I uh, that's correct. I love Shadowland Daredevil, and I love using models with Shadowland Daredevil. And now that we've gotten you away from always playing it with, like, spider foes sometimes, it's kind of it's even better. Well, I, I still do. <laughs> yeah, we haven't, we haven't quite got that far. That was, that was a lot. But we're getting there. It's, we're going to get to a point where he has to cut some of the spider foes and actually just play straight up Criminal Syndicate. Lies. 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 I, I just went second in a tournament with this, so I don't even want to hear it. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that wraps us up for this week. Uh, thank you guys so much for joining us. Uh, don't know, unless they do a character release that we're not aware of. I think we'll probably continue the Asgard trend uh, next week. Uh, so you'll be looking at an older, a little bit more of an old school Asgardian. But uh, yeah, uh, until next time, see you guys later. Bye.